Today on High Point with Ron Zappia. I don't know what you're waiting on God for. All I can say is this, God's worth the wait. Call out to the Lord. He will show you great and mighty things. Call out confidently because the God of the universe is worth waiting on. High Point with Ron Zappia coming to you from High Point Church in the western suburbs of Chicago. And today we're in a series called Ancient Paths, and Ron, today's topic is prayer. Yeah, and prayer is one of those disciplines that uh, feel a lot, sometimes it feels a lot harder to people than it really actually is or should be. And we're calling it a discipline because it takes work, it takes dedication, it takes commitment, it takes time. But once you get into the habit of praying to God, you'll soon see that it has become a vital part of your life. Just as breathing is, we need to breathe, we need to pray. Well, let's dive right in. Prepare your hearts. Here's Pastor Ron. So we want to talk about prayer today. And what I want to do is I want to give you five secrets. I see them in this text. Five secrets of what I'm calling breakthrough prayer. And so we're going to get a unique opportunity to look into the King's Prayer Journal. King David is the one who wrote this. And we can see how he communicates with God to help us communicate with God in a more genuine, real, and effective way. Let me go ahead and read from Psalm 25. It says this in verse one. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. First secret to break through prayer. Call out to the Lord confidently. That's the first thing. We got to be confident in who we're talking to. Prayer is simplest definition in its raw form. It's just this conversation with God. He will listen. Yes, he is listening. David is praying confidently. He's calling out to him with extreme confidence that God hears. God can be known. He knows his kids. David understands that. He's calling out to him with that level of confidence. Look at the next phrase in verse one. Lift up my soul. Lift it up, God. Why is he asking to lift it up? He's down in the dumps. Anybody been there? He's saying, man, I've been weighed down by life problems, by life's difficulties, by life's demands. And so he's like, Lord, free me so that my soul will not only sing, but be raised to new places and new levels. And then he says this, which I think is very interesting in verse three. He says, indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. I love that. So if you're waiting on God, he's like this, hey, it's worth it because the God of the universe is worth waiting on. Anybody agree? That's what he's saying. And then if you read deeper in, look what he says next when he says that in verse three, they shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. So there was some people that were what? There was some people that were after David. There were people that were making his life miserable. And he was waiting on the Lord. People were against him. And he was waiting on the Lord to vindicate him. I don't know what you're waiting on God for. All I can say is this. God's worth the wait. Anybody with me? He's worth the wait. Jesus said it best in Matthew chapter seven. He said it like this. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be open. Or what man is there among you who when his son asks for a loaf will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? Of course not. If you then, being evil, 
know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? Ask God confidently. Call out to the Lord. He will show you great and mighty things. Call out confidently. Secret number two to what? To break through prayer. Well, not that we would only be confident in calling out to him, but also that we would ask for his guidance unreservedly. That we need his guidance. We want his plan. We desire to go on the ancient path that he has forged for us. Notice two phrases that popped out to me. The first one in verse four. He says, teach me your path. Let's just stop on the dime for a moment and in the midst of the crisis, in the midst of the difficulty, in the midst of whatever, don't we want to know God's road, God's path? We need to ask. Ask for his guidance unreservedly. Teach me your path. I don't want to go on my own way. I want to go on your way. I don't want to get ahead of you. I don't want to lag behind you. That's the prayer I often make for my own self. I want to be in step with you. Beginning of verse 5, another phrase that struck out to me. Lead me in your truth. Wow. Why did he call out that way? Well, because many people were against him. I mean, he was on the run. Put yourself in his sandals for just one moment. I mean, he's in a cave somewhere, deprived of food and water and what? Everything, everybody's against him. There's all these mistruths, these lies that are being spread. He's out there like, man, nobody's speaking truth. Nobody's defending me. What do I do, God? God, lead me in the truth. We have a little phrase that we say often around here. It's simply this, truth and time go hand in hand. Isn't it true? They do. And for David, he knew that to be true. He's calling out to God. His vindication would come. Yours will too. But vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And we're called to wait upon him. Ask for his guidance. God, teach me your way. God, lead me in the truth that I may do what you desire. This next thing, it's, it's very important. And in the midst of your crisis, in the midst of your difficulty, in the midst of identifying with David, the secret to breakthrough prayer, the next one is simply this. Acknowledge his goodness continually. That means when the dark cloud is over your head for whatever loss that you're suffering, that you need to verbalize, let me say it, verbalize the goodness of God. Even though I may not feel it, even though I, I'm having trouble believing it, that I will verbalize that God is good and God is righteous and God is holy. And I suggest to you that if you choose to do that, it will elevate your prayer life where you will begin to see things greater in a finer capacity with a more Christ-like attitude and mindset. Think of it this way. God doesn't always give us what we want. He gives us what we, what we need. Can you answer this one? God's not interested in our happiness. He's interested in our holiness. That's the God of the universe. And he will use every circumstance to refine us and to grow us. See, too often we ask God to do something for us instead of doing something in us and through us. God, would you do this for me? No. God, would you do this in me? Would you do this through me? God is good. 
Next word, God is upright. Some versions translate that as straight or righteous. That word that's translated here for us upright in this version, it's used 119 times in the Old Testament. It literally means perfect in character and conduct. Last time we were together, we looked at Psalm 19, and it said the law of the Lord is perfect. And I said, hey, man, there's nothing in this life that's perfect except for this book. It's perfect. It reveals the perfect nature of Almighty God. It reveals the God of the universe. Jesus is God in the flesh, the embodiment of the word who walked amongst us. God is perfect. God is good. God is upright. Look with me at verse 10. Another phrase I want to highlight in this unbelievable psalm. He says, all the paths of the Lord, circle, underline, paths of the Lord, they're steadfast. They're love and faithfulness. So he's describing the paths of the Lord. If you double-click on that phrase, in its original language, it literally means wheel ruts. I got a picture of it right here. I've got some pictures of the wheel ruts. You know what happens when a path has been forged. And so what this path, whether it's a wagon wheel or a chariot or whatever it is, that this path is forged away. What's the path of the Lord? Well, what he's forged is a path of love, a path of righteousness, a path of steadfastness, a path of faithfulness. Are you traveling on the ancient path, trusting in God? We need to acknowledge his goodness. There's more coming up on High Point with Ron Zappia. Today's message is titled, The Spiritual Discipline of Prayer. You can request a copy by phone when you call 844-HP-RADIO. There's more to come, so stay with us. Hey, this is Ron Zappia, pastor and teacher on High Point. Every day we're calling men and women to elevate their faith through a fresh encounter with God. We take time to focus our thoughts, arrange our priorities, and encounter God in the midst of our day. Together, we explore God's word, we gain practical insights to guide our daily living. When we do this, we experience a new high point in our faith. Listen, we want you to draw closer to God through his word, get to know him better, and elevate your faith. We get real with what God says about topics like family and marriage, friendships, and living for Christ. On High Point, we're here to encourage you with God's word and provide you an encounter with Jesus. It's a lifelong journey, and I'd love to have you join me. So listen right here every Monday through Friday for High Point. For more Bible teaching resources from Pastor Ron Zappia, head online to www.highpointministries.com. That's highpointministries.com. You're listening to High Point with Ron Zappia, and this is just one message from our series called Ancient Paths. You'll find the audio and video for these messages on our website when you go to highpointministries.com. Now here's Pastor Ron. I don't know about you, but some of the times that um, I'm most taken back are when I'm talking with a person who has gone through a very big crisis in their life. And whether they've lost a loved one much too early or whether they've got a diagnosis like last weekend, um, last Saturday we were, uh, went to a visit one of the persons at one of our campuses uh, had uh, quadruple bypass surgery. I mean, when life kind of deals a hand that you weren't ready and you know, there's something that happens that you're just like, this is out of control. 
I mean, whether it's a loss of a loved one, I mean, I've sat in all these meetings, done so many funerals, and what I'm touched most by is the people's reaction who are mature followers of God. And please help me understand what I'm getting at it. Not that they don't hurt, not that there's not grief. Certainly there is beyond any imaginable way. But, but I'm, I'm struck by the many people that have such a mature faith that they can verbalize a love for God and a peace because of his presence and his goodness despite the difficulty they're in. And I just, I'm telling, I, I want to be that guy that when life deals a blow like that, that I'll rejoice in his goodness. Do you want to be that kind of man or woman of God? It takes thought. It takes understanding. Like it's coming. But we need to praise God continually. These are three verses that are helpful that I reflect on that are ones that I've heard quoted to me from people in the midst of the most heartache. And I hope, I just have them in my pocket to pull out when the trial comes, that I will respond this way. The first is from Job chapter 1, verse 21. Job says, naked I come from my mother's womb, and naked I will shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. There's a song about that. The Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. And look what he says, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He gives, he takes away. Another verse to help get me to a place of maturity that I can, I can rejoice in God's goodness despite the trial I'm in. Let's take it from Job. It's Job chapter 23, verses 10 through 12. Job is an important book that helps us deal with these issues. He says, but he, God knows the way that I take. And when God has tried me, I shall come out as gold. What he's saying is when I go through this situation, I'm telling you, he's refining me. Why? Well, my foot is held fast to his steps. I have kept his way and I have not turned aside. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my portion of food. How about 1 Peter chapter 4? And this is talking about what? Specifically the trial of standing up for Christ and being persecuted, but I think it's helpful for any trial. He says, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Look what he's saying. Hey, no matter what, no matter what pain you're going through, just remember you're partaking in Christ's sufferings and he wants to refine you. He wants to give you glory we need to rejoice in him. Fourth secret to break through prayer. Admit your sinfulness humbly. It's a big one. I would suggest that there's, if there's a ceiling on your prayer life right now, this could be the secret that's going to unlock it for you. And so this is the bullseye of breakthrough prayer. And David knew it. And you see it throughout the psalm. So let's look and find it together. He admits his sinfulness. He's humble before the Lord. Look at verse 7. He says, remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. So we know that God forgives us as far as the east and the west, but he's still grieved by his sins, just like we're grieved by the sins, even though they've been forgiven. Look at what he does in verse 8. He says, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. 
He's got a right relationship of who he is, that he doesn't do things right, that he's done a lot of things wrong. As he's sitting in that cave and the elements are hitting him in the face, he's reflecting on the fact that he has let God down in many areas in his life. He's grateful for his forgiveness and for the new life he has in God through the forgiveness of sin. Look what comes next in verse 11. Here he says it probably the most emphatic. He says, for your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Wow. I got, I, I've done a lot wrong. Would you pardon my guilt, for it exceeds what it ought to exceed for one individual. My guilt is great. Can I remind you today that our guilt is great? Verse 18, consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all of my sins. Wow. That's what he's asking of God, to forgive us of our sin. Take notice of Isaiah chapter 59, verse 2. This is a verse that's very helpful to us because it really paints the picture of God in the midst of our sinfulness. And so it says this, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. So our sin causes a gap. Would you agree? And then he goes on to say, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. So he's, he's got his hands over his face. He, can, he doesn't want to hear what's going on. What? Because of our sin. Now, too often we make the mistake of saying, well, this is the prayer for, this is the verse that applies to the non-believer and for the person that doesn't know Christ and, and know God. And no, check that. This is written to followers of God. So for us as followers of God, when we refuse to humble ourselves before God and confess our sin and, and get right with him through repentance and faith, that, that God's just like this. He's like, hey, I don't want to hear anything else, man. Hey, would you just stop? I know you got this need. You got this. You want this. You got this. You got that. You want all this. Stop it. And let's deal with what's right in front of us. That's what God is pleading. Breakthrough prayer requires repentance and restitution. That the God of the universe would do what he wants to do through us as we're honest with him. Look at verse 14 for a moment. It says, the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him. I love that little phrase, the friendship of the Lord. Because in the midst of us thinking, whoa, what do you mean? God's not hearing us? Well, oh, oh, hey, that's what the scripture says. He, he's like, he, he, he wants to deal with what's right before you when it comes to your sinfulness and your need for forgiveness and grace. He doesn't want you to ignore. But what I love about this is the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, those who are reverent to him, those who honor him, those who love him. And that's a reverential awe. And it reminds me of what Jesus said to his disciples. He said the same thing in John chapter 15. He called his disciples his friends. And so we are friends with the creator of the universe. I mean, what a great relationship to have, that we're friends of God. How many of you like it when a friend, I don't know, doesn't fess up about something they did and talking to them and kind of holding something back? I mean, nobody likes that. Let's make sure we're not doing that with God Almighty. Admit your sinfulness humbly. Lastly, we're talking about breakthrough prayer. We're going to end with this. Trust in his promises wholeheartedly. Trust in his promises wholeheartedly. And so 
I want you to see David is doing that. David is trusting in the promises of God. And I see that with the verses that I didn't read to you. I want to read them to you now. In verse 19, it says, Consider how many are my foes, and with what violent hatred they hate me. He's calling out for God's protection. He's believing in the promise of God's protection. Look, you can see it in verse 20. Oh, guard my soul and deliver me. He, he's, he's asking for God's peace in his own heart and soul. Let not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. He's, he's asking for God's provision as he takes refuge in him. Verse 21, my integrity and uprightness preserve me. I think he's talking about what? He's talking about the purity, the promise of purity that God gives to us as we grow close to him. He says, for I wait for you. And then verse 22, notice what it says. He says, redeem, O Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. What's interesting is this. Here we have David in the midst of this personal crisis and struggle. He's calling out to God for himself, and then he ends it by praying for God's people. And his focus is not in his own, in his own particular situation. He expands it to what? To the people of God. I would say to our family, to the people around us that we wouldn't be so caught on ourselves that we would pray for the other people around us, that we would claim God's promises. He's trusting in the promises that God gave to Israel, that we would trust in the promise that God gave to his people, that we break through prayer, not centered on ourselves, focused on us, that we would trust in the promises wholeheartedly that God has given his people throughout the ages, that we would have a passion to pray for that. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for your goodness and for your grace. I pray that we would be a body called to pray this week, that it would ignite in us a fuel to continue to pray. I ask for your continued hand of blessing on this fellowship, on this body. We're grateful to you. We love you. And we look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. encouraging us to dive into the spiritual discipline of prayer. You're listening to High Point with Pastor Ron Zappia. You can find the entire Ancient Paths series when you head to highpointministries.com. So Ron, as we're talking about this topic of prayer today, how do we get to the point where prayer, it just becomes a habit. It's just a regular part of our daily life. Yeah, you know, I think that's so important, Steve. And one of the things you got to do is let's just recognize the presence of God. I mean, he's with you. He's there, um, you know, for you to communicate to him. You know, the Bible says that we're to do this. We're to pray without ceasing so that we always acknowledge that God is there, God is here, and we have the opportunity to call out to him. You know, I remember when I first became a Christian and I was um, doing this, I was out in the business world and, you know, my prayers were pretty simplistic. And, you know, I'd be driving to a client or to, you know, a, an appointment and I'd just be calling out to God in the car and I'd just be like, God, you know, make a connection. Uh, God, open up a door. God, uh, allow me to, you know, make a connection with this person that I have something in common so that I could, you know, get moved forward and get this account. And, you know, those aren't bad prayers. I really would acknowledge you as you're going into the, your as you're living out your day, whatever you're experiencing, to call out to God and to pray to him about specific things like that. But also, in addition to that, that you would do this, that you would take some significant time, whether it's in the morning, afternoon, or evening, even right before dinner, that you would just really call out to God so that you would have two or three 
instances during your day, whether that's morning, noon, or evening, where you are dedicated to really calling out to him. That's been helpful to me in my own life that we can do this. We can have times of prayer with God that are refreshing, beneficial, that he can empower you, that he can lead you. It's so critical for us as followers of Christ to be in communication with our heavenly father. And let me say this, you know, prayer and Bible reading go hand in hand. Allow God to speak to you through his word and then do this, pray his word back to him. That's the combination, prayer and the Bible for you to grow in your Christian walk. Well, I love that encouragement today, Ron. Thanks so much for that. Here at High Point, it's our mission to help you become more like Christ on a daily basis. And we know you have a lot of choices for who you can listen to on a daily basis. And we are so glad that you've chosen to make High Point part of your day. High Point Ministries is a listener-supported ministry, and that means the reason you're hearing this program on the air or online or through the podcast right now is because listeners just like you have stepped forward and given in support of this ministry. When you support High Point with a generous gift of any amount, we're going to send you a book titled Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper. This book is going to revitalize your faith. It's going to inspire you to live out every day for the glory of God. Find yourself living with purpose and courage as you read each chapter. Request your copy of Don't Waste Your Life by Dr. John Piper when you give a gift of any amount to support this ministry. Call 844-HP-RADIO. That's 844-477-2346. Or online, go to highpointministries.com. You can also write to High Point Ministries, P.O. Box 281, Naperville, Illinois, 60566. That's P.O. Box 281, Naperville, Illinois, 60566. I'm Steve Smith. Join us again next time as Ron continues his series called Ancient Paths with a message on the spiritual discipline of worship. That's right here on High Point with Ron Zappia. Ron Zappia.